Boomer in the Morning is on right now. Sportsnet 960 The Fan, Calgary. It's hour two. Hour two brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center, your one-stop shop for the best plants, trees, pots, and decor, and greenest grass. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. They got you covered. I was very, uh, there was one weekend last, you know how every once in a while you kind of get inspired, you get motivated to do, do things you would never really do? No. It was one Sunday last year. I was up early, everyone else was sleeping. I'm going to go out and have myself a coffee. Went and got a coffee. I'm like, oh, it just feels good to be out and about. Kind of a nice, you know, the, the, the chill of the morning air, the dew, all of that sort of BS. Like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, there's a, like, a place over there. I don't know what you call them. A nursery or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Selling trees. It's a, I'm go, think about putting trees in the back. Maybe go put a couple of trees in. This was an FM mold. I remember this. Yeah. No, I went and took a look. Hey, let's, let's do this thing. Okay. I like these trees. All right. Here we go. Yeah. Got the trees. Got them into the truck. Drove home. Got, uh, got into the backyard and dug a hole. Put them in. Filled the holes back up. Mm. Well, I should probably water them. Mm-hmm. Start watering. Yeah. Figure out. They have these kind of burlap sacks that yeah, kind of yeah, keep yeah. all the roots together. Yo. Apparently. You take those off. Take the bur- yeah, oh, take the, you moron. Take the sacks off. I thought I'm this like, was oh, the time where you, you showed up two hours early and you sat with all the old hens, the old oh, uh, it was octogenarians yeah, waiting for the place to open And on it was, weekend. yeah. We were sitting there. I was sipping away in my coffee and all the blue hairs and old dopes were sitting there waiting for that. What time is that? I'm like, yeah, that's right. What time does this place open? You're right, what we're doing Agnes. Here? This is yeah. BS. I'm with you, Betty Lou. I got your back. I thought maybe it was for root protection, but apparently it's just so, you know, keep you take the sack off. So I kind of dug him back in. I went and had to take him out, take the burlap yeah, sack. You're tired. Probably need a nap. You want to know how it's uh, how it's going? They're dead. Dead. Yeah. Like doornail dead. <laughs> uh, Stephen Brunt joins us. Are you in? Uh, do you enjoy the, the the green thumbing in your yard kind mm. of deal? I have uh, I have uh, done a little bit of that. I uh, grow the odd uh, vegetable and stuff. But now, actually, not since uh, shifting the base of operations to Newfoundland in the summer because it's not. It's a little trickier there. The growing season's about three weeks long out there, so I, I do. Mm. But my, I, I'm married to a gardener, so yeah, someone Whoa, takes care of that stuff. There. See, and she knows what she's doing. Yeah, so the place looks great. No, I don't. Have, I just got the lawn and uh, reaped the benefits. Good for you. Good for you. Um, we have a lot of things going on out here. We're very excited in Alberta. Oh, is that right? Yes. Is that right? Oh, is that? Oh, isn't that? Isn't that great? That's right. Uh, good for you, and good for you and your your fellow Albertans. A lot we're, of we're, we're, we yeah. we here in Central Canada are very happy for you. A lot of Celtics fans here. Uh, can't wait for that Celtics <laughs> Heat matchup to get going tonight. Now it's starting to sink in a little bit. Obviously, we've talked about it for a long time, and it just felt like it was never one of those things that was going to happen because you need both the Flames and Oilers to make the playoffs, and then both are going to have to win a round to potentially stay alive. And that's been very very hard for either or both to do. Yet, here we are. It took Game 7 and an overtime goal. We still almost didn't have it. But now we've got it. And realizing truly how many people have never lived it. And it's not a shot at being, oh, you're so young. It's just, it's been 31 years. It's rare. It's extremely rare. But it wasn't rare. Because, again, I, I remember it was, it happened a lot back in the day. And it's not like there's so many more teams. It was just one of those things that... Well, chances are round one, round two, you're going to see these two teams hook up. Can't believe it's been 31 yeah. years. 
No, no, neither can I. It's it is because it's one of those things you just you yeah. As a reference, you say, well, of course you remember the Battle of Alberta, and this. It, th- by the way, that is like sitting waiting for the Garden Center to open. That is an old person thing. Mm-hmm. So just get used to it. Where you go, well, of course you remember. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you remember the Y two K panic, or you know, like uh, never mind stuff like way before that. And people just look at you. And say, no, I was I was uh, four, um, or. <laughs> No, I was born three years after that, so yeah, I'm I'm gradually getting used to the fact that things that for me appear to have happened a couple of weeks ago actually happened 25 years ago, or 30 years ago, or 35 years ago. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of a cultural reference point that is actually irrelevant, though. What two generations of people? Yeah. Um, and you know maybe they go back and watch watch the uh, the the, the uh, archival footage of those games, or they know what happened, or they read Mark Spector's book, or any of those any number of other ways you can enjoy it, but. Uh, the, yeah, most of the people in the two rinks, uh, you know, over the coming week and a bit, um, probably don't have any actual honest to God memory of this, which is, uh, and, and that's, that's fine, right? That's, you know, the, the world continues to spin. Uh, but this, you know, even again, from a distance, like it's weird cause it's locker clean out day here. So the, the vibe here is a little different, I got to tell you, but, uh, you know, once it tent, once the tears dry and people kind of reclaim their uh, uh, their equilibrium and turn on their televisions, I think people are going to really dig this, even if they're not directly involved in the rivalry because, yeah, because of the history and because it's going to be a really good series, I think. Well, and that's the thing. The Battle of Alberta became what it was because of the frequency in which they met, and they hated each other. A lot, And yes. fighting and nasty stick work and all of that was a big part of it. That's really not around in today's game. Are we going to be, are we going to be disappointed I feel like there's hardly any way to be disappointed unless one team is so. I was say who remembers it? Unless it goes four, but unless it goes four games and it's non-competitive and there's no. But I just don't know how this series disappoints to a certain, to at least to a certain no. degree. Well, it's going to have an edge to it. It's the, the it's that's and that's kind of what it that's what we're talking about in the in in modern hockey, right? Is that no? It's not going to be a goon show, and because no one. You you can't afford to you you can't afford the power plays right you you can't afford to be down a man you can't afford to play guys who are there to goon and can't keep up that's a bad recipe in in contemporary hockey so you know everybody who's on the ice can play uh, and that which was, wasn't necessarily the case back in those days that we you, know, you want to get nostalgic about it but there were guys on the end of the bench who you know couldn't play much but they. They, but it didn't matter that the it wasn't so much about having to keep up. It was about all of the intimidation and enforcement and protecting guys and all of that. Well, you know, most of that's out the window, but you're still going to have that edge, right? There's this, they'll get pretty darn annoyed with each other pretty quickly in this series and and played when teams played a like everybody cares about winning in sports and all athletes go out there and they try to win every night, but they don't care equally every night during a long regular season. I don't care what sport it is. There's some nights it's just, it's just the, uh, you know, it's the sheepdog and the, and the, and the, and the wolf you know, checking right. in for the day. Right. Ka-ching. Yeah. Right. It doesn't, it's just a job. And, uh, there you go. There's a reference. Any Looney Tunes references, we're talking about dating yourself, but, uh, but that's not like that in the playoffs. That's the beauty of the playoffs. Especially in hockey, that it that it's that edge and that unwillingness to surrender, and uh, you, you generally you can't do the William Nylander thing where generally, <laughs> although he does it in the playoffs, where the puck goes in the corner and you just turn around and go the other direction because you don't really want to go in there. Mm-hmm. And everybody goes in, 
So yeah, it'll, it'll so yeah, it won't be a goon show, but there'll be there'll be plenty of anger and plenty of emotion, and somebody will aggravate somebody. And you, there's an obvious list of the the aggravators, and uh, it's gonna be a blast. It's you know, it'll be it, it won't be old timey hockey, but it'll have the old timey feel, which you know, honest to God, is better because I think in a lot of ways the hockey right now is better than it was back in those uh, those ancient times. Um, I hate to see it. Are we getting? Uh cooler heads and rational thought prevailing in Toronto after a sixth consecutive first round exit? Well, it, it's kind of, con- it was kind of confusing. We, you know, I walked in for the, do, doing the after aftermath day yesterday because Sunday was kind of a, well, you know, bad when kind of the media things kicked back in on Monday, you know, how do we deal with the, the latest aftermath, the latest loss in the first round, the latest seven loss in the game seven or deciding game? Because uh, usually, it's fire this guy, trade that guy, let's go. And, you know, there's a bit of that, but everybody's kind of confused because including the fan base because, you know, they played a pretty good series and they lost a really close series to a really good team, a team that, you know, maybe is better than them by a bit. It's won the last couple of Stanley Cups. And their big guys played reasonably well. They showed up. It wasn't like the Montreal series last year. Goalie played pretty well. Um Plus, it's a cap system. Plus, the cap's not really going up next year. Plus, it's pretty hard to maneuver and change a roster and break down a roster. And why would you tear down a roster? And the one guy that you might want to trade off this roster has a non a no movement clause and is making eleven million dollars a year. So, fire the coach, maybe. Fire the general manager, hmm. It won't change anything next year. So it's it's like fingers are being pointed and and you know, there's a fair bit of upset and anger, but no one really knows what direction, where to focus it. Including there's you know there's a large contingent who just say, hey, let's let's be let's be honest here. Your only choice is just to roll it back and try again because you can't really change this. Uh, so yeah, different. Like last year was that loss to the Canadians in the first round was um, was brutal and against well and I know they went to the final, but they. You know they were twenty eight points. The Leafs finished twenty eight points ahead of them in the regular season. We're up three one in the series, and we're up several times after that in the series. But so it, yeah, like there's no moral victory, but it still kind of is a moral victory. Like they they held had their held their heads high in this against Tampa. Uh, but something's got to change. Something's got to be different. The finish has got to be different. You know, Barry Trotz's name has been mentioned. Yeah, Joel Joel Quenville's name has been mentioned. Mm. But yeah, that's if if they reinstate him. But I, I think, honest to God, there's going to be a little change around the edges because they're just, there's a, some free agents and there's some guys who will go. But I, I think essentially we're going to, they're just going to roll it back and try again with the same people. Now it's, it, it's unfortunate because there, I don't know if you know this, Steve, there's a time change between where we are in Calgary uh-huh. and where you are in that part of the country. Right? Because <laughs> now with with the Leafs out, I don't know how many people are really going to be engaged in the Lightning and the Panthers or the the Avalanche. And the, like, I, I don't know. Maybe there's a lot. Maybe there's a lot of Rangers, Canes, diehards. But we, Caniacs, they I, say. I, yeah. I feel like this. Oh, there's the Battle of Alberta and there's the Battle of Florida. But we, we've got an 8.30 local start on Friday. I, I Saucy. People aren't going to be watching a ten thirty start in Ontario or East, are they? they, they there's no care out there. It's not the same level of care. No, it just it just isn't. Uh, 
it, it, oh, look, it's, let's start with one thing. You know, yeah, yes, this is the great hockey nation we live in. This is people care about hockey more in Canada than anywhere else in the world. But there are no national. The, the, the Leafs are sort of a team with. They are a team with a national following because of history. But yeah, we saw this with the Canadians last year. The Canadians have a national following, but the the, the 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 country wasn't necessarily on pins and needles in the Stanley Cup final, right? It just it was interesting, but. Um, it, it, I don't think the I don't think time stopped in other parts of the country, and you know, and, and when you get beyond that, it, it's 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 the same reason you know the country didn't rally around the Canucks when they went to the final or the Ottawa Senators or because you know it's not just that you are a little you know bleh about other teams you know, and, and often you hate them you know and and you would prefer that they like, like let's let's put it this way the Battle of Alberta is going to be awesome in Alberta and there, it is going to have more of a following here than you know it, most other matchups would have because of, again because of the history and because of you know because of McDavid too you know just the the whole McDavid Matthews thing you know and you know seeing if you know seeing what he can do and seeing what the Flames can do to him that's yeah that's that's got some following but one of these teams will win I believe and let's say you know let's just say for the sake of argument that the Oilers win this series. They're, like folks are not going to gather in the street in your town to watch, you know, Edmonton versus Colorado in the Western Conference Final, are they? No, but the, the, I guess the difference would be there's a lot of Oiler fans that would live here. Um, okay, well that's yes. Right. But, so but, they, I, but I understand what you're saying. But so now, just yeah. just for clarity, so you're what you're telling me is the Oilers and Flames are essentially what the Ottawa Senators are to us. Yeah, well, the Ottawa Senators are kind of because watch, uh, watch your mouth. Right? Yeah, I'm, uh, like I'll come yeah. through the phone line. Here. No, I'm not saying. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that what the, like the sense that all of Canada will rally behind a Canadian team as it progresses through the playoffs is just not true. No, yeah. we saw with Vancouver in 2011. We despised that yeah. team. If if you yeah, really care about yeah. hockey in this country, you probably hate a Canadian team more than you hate an American team. It's like oh, That's... go to Pennsylvania. Wow, isn't it great, Steelers fans? You got the Eagles in the Super Bowl. No, we hate the Eagles. Well, it was like David. Amber, yes. between the third and overtime the other night, they went to pick winners, and he's like, well, we, we'll only pick Calgary because they're the Canadian team. So the guys in the panel like, well, what? no, no. Huh? And if, you know, an American scores the overtime winner, as it turns out, for the Canadian team. But yes, I don't know. Uh, um, we're, we're, we're not the Senators out here. I just want to make that no, clear. No, I know. I get that. Like, no, right. I, what I was saying, Pinder actually made I the understand. point better than I did. But like, the Senators, nobody hates the Senators. Right, nobody even hate like because no one can work up a hate for the Senators. Maybe during the Battle of Ontario years, there was a bit of a hate for the Senators, but there was more kind of disdain for them. But there's no nobody can work up a big hate, but people can work up a hate. Yeah, for Vancouver, sure they can. Uh, from a you know, and and even from a distance, you know, people in Winnipeg hate Vancouver, right, because of history. So, but but the kind of wow, they're Canadian and we should support. There's no chance. Yeah, there's, like this is there's no chance. A bigger chance that if you know the Penguins had advanced, that people would. And Canada would rally around Sidney Crosby. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so yeah. So, so all I'm saying is that yes, this is this this series will have way more interest than a lot of other matchups. Well, including I would say both matchups in the East for people here. It'll you know it'll be the marquee series, and uh, you know. But after that, one of those teams, one of those two teams, is going to be playing in the conference final. One of them may play for the Stanley Cup, and that'd be great. But it's not this. It's not like your own teams there. Well, if you would like to cheer for our uh, Kachuk and Gaudreau, our Americans, and all of oh, our I will. and all of our Swedes, our Swedish Swedes. goaltender, yeah. and all of that, Stockholm West. I'm, 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 my, look, my rooting interest is clear, purely, purely because of because of this 
you know, because we get together twice a week. Well, so I, I have a, I, I am, I have a rooting interest in this series. Yeah, we're not, we're not the Canada of morning shows. You watch your mouth, Stephen. <laughs> You're not the Canada. <laughs> um, yeah. So the, what? A, what an incredibly complex mystery that Blue Jays beat reporters are trying to solve yesterday. Why Robbie Ray wasn't hugging Pete Walker on a mound? Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Like, like someday we will. Uh, like, what I would like somebody to tell me now, and maybe it'll come out, but it probably require applying somebody with alcohol. Is you know when they were when they were when they were uh, when Robbie Ray was a free agent last offseason, and the Blue Jays were engaged with him and his people. Was there a price put on getting vaccinated? Like, was the that's what I, I like because they were talking to him. And they were, you know, he got a little bit more money than Kevin Gosman did, but not a lot more. And they, there's, it certainly seemed like a good faith negotiation, but was part of that negotiation, well, you know, give me an extra 10 million and I'll get the shot. Because it had to come up, right? It had to come up. And, uh, this is that, you know, there were rumors afterwards that, you know, some, just some chat from people in the Jays kind of going, you know, um, because uh, the you know the Jays are fully vaccinated, they have to be in order to function. Their players are fully vaccinated, but there was some said you know there's some maybe a couple guys last year who uh, who didn't get it, uh, and now and now the truth now the truth comes out. But they are kind of they are tap dancing around it, aren't they? They set a locker up for him. They set up a locker for him in the in the in the visitors clubhouse at the at the Rogers Center. So how's that for a decoy? How long did they wait? There'd be some poor kid. Hey, we're gonna send you down. Just grab some uh, some scrum audio from the the Robbie Ray. P- <laughs> yeah. It's a long wait. Waiting for Robbie to come and dress. Yeah, but yeah, they so they they tweaked their rotation this last past week. They had an off day just to make sure they didn't have to deal with this. And and now we know. Like one of the things I learned yesterday was that the, there's an there's a restricted list. So if you a player is unvaccinated, if you put them on the restricted list, you can add a player to your roster normally coming into play Toronto. Uh, but you can't do it with starting pitchers because the system, of what just right? happened. Yeah, because they you can manipulate when they start and essentially get an extra body. So they you can't so that's something I learned yesterday. So baseball's smarter than you think. Mm. But um, yeah, I'm sure they would have had a little video for him yesterday. It's not every day one of your guys wins a Cy Young. Uh, but no, we will uh, not see Robbie Ray in Toronto until at least twenty twenty three, because this is the only visit by the by the Seattles. Uh and who knows where we'll be. In, I'm not predicting 2023 right now. Fair. Yeah. Uh, Kikuchi, that's three good starts in a row. Yeah. And, you know, really off Ray the Robbie 2. Ray 0. conversation, it's interesting. They're both lefties. They both have electric fastballs. They're both uh, probably going to heap a lot of credit, to, or we will, on uh, pitching coach Pete Walker. Just a thought on what you've seen of late. It's been, yeah. It's, we, they've He's done the Pete Walker thing with him. They've changed up his repertoire a little bit. They've changed one pitch tweaked one pitch so that's a slightly different pitch um he looks great you know he's look he was in the all-star game last year so it's not like he can't pitch he just kind of fell off a cliff after you know maybe because after the spider attack went away last year as well which affected a lot Hmm. of guys but uh the the, the blue jays rotation it's you know it's been such a funny start to the season but that's a really good rotation it's one of the best rotations in baseball this is you know this is not the conversation i thought we'd be having right now but uh, they the rotation is rock solid one through five and potentially one through six, but they haven't been able to hit. And I score runs. I you know that I didn't see that coming. Um, but bullpen is good. 
a little thin right now with Romano and Meza. Meza being out for a bit, and Romano, I guess, is sick, but does not have COVID. But man, that you know, that's a really, really good rotation, and it's been you know, there've been some. Berrios has had a couple of wobbles, but other than that, you can't complain. Um, you know, even Ryu coming back looked sort of more like himself, and if, if he's your five. So that's you know that I think that's you know pretty significant reason for optimism because I still look at that lineup and think you're going to hit like you're going to score runs and especially when you start going through some of the softer the softer patches of your schedule the, surely those guys are going to get rolling and start scoring runs and I you know, it's right like they're a playoff team right now by in the standings but I, I still think they have the potential to be a very very good team by the end of the season. Um, and then just an, another note on strength of schedule. They, they have the easiest left in the AL East, apparently, and one of the hardest schedules to this point. You don't want to make excuses for them because you like lowest batting average with runners in scoring position, like it's brutal. But yeah, they, they, they've yet to play Baltimore, and they played what nine against the Yankees or something hilarious. Yeah, it's been it's it's they they had two really long stretches without an off day. They've played Baltimore. See, it felt like they played the Yankees for you know every other day. Uh, they've they've run through some really tough teams. They had who did they have that wasn't tough? I guess they had Oakland, Oakland and Texas yeah. early in the season. But but other than that, it's been brutal. And they they will play Baltimore nineteen times this year, and they have not played them once yet. So it's, you know, actually, Baltimore right now is by the way not the worst team in the American League East. But uh, there is yeah, the schedule will get easier. Um, they they've got Cincinnati coming in later this week, who are terrible. They're going to be, you know, they, they they cross over with the National League East this year. You know, Washington's terrible this year, so there are going to be some softer patches, and maybe that's when the offense starts to roll a little bit. But you know, look, the, the the pitching, the starting rotation is, is the foundation, and uh, honest to God, I take their rotation over just about anybody's right now. Like the Yankees' rotation has been better than I thought, because mostly because of Nestor, but it's and their bullpen's unbelievably good. But yeah, you know, one I say one through five, and maybe one through six. You know, they've, they've been really consistent. They've done everything you'd want them to do. So, the CFL. Did yeah, I are see, you enjoying this? Did I see Thai Cats are going to be uh, picketing, in a way, outside of the stadium today? Yes, yes they are. Um, hoping for a groundswell of public support. And, hmm. Uh, yes, the CFL is on strike. The CFL Players Association is on strike right now. They are not. They may not. I'm not sure if they are in a legal strike position in your town yet because of there's a couple of days Alberta more here. Apparently, it's, the it's work. Coming. Yeah. It's, it's coming though. Uh, yeah. This this is well. We talked about it a little bit before, but the the league is going is is being taking an extremely hard ass position in this collective session of collective bargaining because they can, and the players are trying to put up a, a unified front and and avoid getting completely steamrollered but all of these players so the players have all come to Canada now they're living in their dormitory rooms the league has pledged to feed them and house them while they're on strike which is nice uh, but other than that like the where's the I'm not even sure what the pressure point is here they're gonna I, I guess if they don't have a deal by the end of tomorrow, they will cancel the first preseason game, which is actually scheduled oh, for no. Monday, if you can believe it. Yeah, I know. Not the but, preseason. But I'm not sure th- I'm not sure that's a big, you know, revenue loss for the owners that that Sask Winnipeg preseason game. Um I would think when you start losing T V dates, maybe it gets a little more serious, which is still a ways off. But 
I look, I, I root for players in these circumstances always, and I especially root for these guys because they, they don't make any money and they're being offered a seven-year deal where there are two raises in the minimum salary over the course of seven years, each which is, I believe, $5,000. Uh, it's it's not yeah, – it, it's the league asserting – you know, we, I think we talked about this, like the fact – they, they, the, the reality that they have endless football players being cranked out in America every year who will play for nothing to keep the dream alive, and they're going to exploit that. But it's this is um, – yeah, no one's really couching this in – they're kind of saying stuff about you know, sharing revenues and partnerships. And all that. This, is, this is not like that. This is like you know having a partnership between people who own coal mines and the people who work in coal mines. That's not a partnership. Uh, and that's the, – the, there's – there's no, there's no sense that this is kind of a joint venture. These, you know, these guys are the product, but they are also the labor force, and the, the, you know, the management is using the advantages that are there for them, that are inherent in the, in the way the sport is structured, and they're going to win. And you know, it's just a question of what the win looks like. And I'm with you. I, I, I feel for the players. And it, the, the thing that makes this one murkier is it's not like a an NHL work stoppage because we've been through all of those. This is not a, it's not a huge multi-billion dollar growing business the the state of the league not the sport but the league is very much up in the air it's not in doubt or in it's somewhat in question it's not to I, i get both sides how do you confidently negotiate right now on where the cfl is going to be what it's going to look like what revenues are going to be in two three years from now let alone seven i get both sides contract that's a lot of dough you know what that is right I yeah, mean, that's that's yeah. significant. It covers all their player expenses it's every not, year. The TV deal alone pays the cap. But it's not. I mean, to talk about hockey, you knew hockey. It's take the billions of dollars and find a way to make it work. It's not really the same thing here. No, it's not. And I, I guess what, look, I understand why. If I owned a CFL team, um, I would probably be tired of losing money every year in perpetuity. That I would probably not be happy with that. How many teams does that describe, though, Stephen? Come on, like two, three. Uh, well, what they, the the you know the Elks who have to disclose, right? What did they lose last year? One million dollars in a shortened year where they paid two guys yeah. to go away and not work. So they probably make yeah, money but in I, a normal year. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Um, I, I think Sask makes a lot of money. I think BC loses money. I think Calgary all makes money, lose lo- money. Makes money every year. Winnipeg and Ottawa yeah. probably do just fine. No, I don't think they do at this stage. No, Uh, Winnipeg might, uh, well, because they've been winning great cups. Uh, Ottawa's, I think the bloom is off the rose there a little bit. But, um, look, I I understand those guys. Here's what I would say. I don't think, I would probably take the same posture if I was an owner because I could. And you you control this thing and you have the power and you want to hold your labor costs down as low as you possibly can. I just don't think that's a strategy for building this business. It's just it's not, and and you know the issue is not so much where you are right now. It's how do you go forward, and how do you build this business? How do you revive it in a bunch of dead markets? Um, you know how do you get back to where you once were, or so close to where you once were? And I'm not sure you can do that by holding down labor costs. You know, do you need a you know? And again, I'm not even sure it's possible in places like Toronto or Montreal or Vancouver. I'm not. I I have no magic formula. Believe me. But I think, I think kind of crushing your players' association doesn't. You're not necessarily going to be ahead at the end of that, and that's uh, like I don't think there's going to be any blowback if they lose games. I don't think the market. Uh, that's you know I don't think I don't think there'll be thousands of people outside Tim Hortons Field today uh, protesting. But 
this isn't to me this isn't a strategy for for looking ahead this is you know this is kind of a band-aid i hear you i feel for the hardcore fans and i feel for people that love the league and just want to see football and they haven't seen it the way that it's, it's not the, the things are not healthy they're the only league that didn't get up and running in 2020 right like mm-hmm. you've already seen yep. some crappy stuff here and a lot of it when we get down the road i'm kind of with you steven like it's going to feel like a lot of self-inflicted wounds you want to take yourself all off the radar lock out your players or make it so bad they have to strike and don't play for a year when every other league got off the ground even if they had to do it in a bubble like this is yeah a lot of these wounds and again like they don't have a lot of fans under 50 that's self-inflicted wounds as well. They, they, they have been very late to adopt anything close to modern or relating to millennials. And here they are yeah. decades later wondering why their fan bases are old and they can't get young people there. Yeah, no, it's all true. Again, I, I wish I, but I, you know, again, I wish I was smart enough to say, here's what you guys should have done 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Cause I'm not sure. Um, it, I, I, I'm honestly not sure. And I, and I understand the dance between, you know, tradition and doing it the way it's always been done and playing to your hardcore versus, you know, joining the XFL. Uh, but that's, you know, the, the reason you have the joining the XFL conversation is exactly because of this. Like, where, where are we going? So are, uh, is Sportsnet sending any uh, heavy hitters out this way? Because I know there are some national media who are coming to our city to cover this hockey series. I, I don't. Uh, that's a good question. I, uh, I, I am unsure about that. I don't think our panel is traveling. Um, but yeah, yeah. they, I don't think they've traveled since, uh, since the, uh, the beginning of the great plague. Um, hmm. but I'm not, I'm sure there's some, there's probably some heavyish hitters, but we've got some heavyish hitters in your province anyway, right? And there's a lot of media already here in these two markets. Yeah, yeah there are, yeah. that's right. Yeah. We're a lot of them working for us. So yeah, we'll be, we'll be well represented. All right. Just let them know that there's still hockey being played. I know they probably feel don't like... get the, no chips on shoulders, no none of that, please. It's gonna you guys have center stage. You just saw them lose in seven. What it's more right. do you need? They're gonna hand the cup out. It's still gonna happen. That's not gonna be, and it's not going in Toronto. So that's no different than any other year. Ah, so, uh, yeah. yes. Good to talk to you, buddy. Have a good week. All right, see you guys. There you go, Stephen Brunt joining us here on uh, his usual Tuesday spot. We'll come back. No Frank Valley today. NHL insider. He is traveling. Speaking of heavy hitters, he's on his way to Calgary to get ready for uh, the first couple games of this Battle of Alberta. I like that a lot. Maybe join us tomorrow. Maybe. uh, Can we get day drunk with him, or is he too busy? I feel like he's doing so much. He's so busy. Night drunk's tough these days. Very busy schedule. Well, and then he's working the game. Yeah. Unlike you. Oh, no, I'm definitely working. I'm taking notes now. Yeah. Working it all right. Coiled notebook. Uh, Adnan Verk, chance to win some tickets, perhaps, to game number one, all coming up. And we'll, we'll get into this series. What are we looking at? A lot of, lot of pundits picking the flames here. Get into it. Sportsnet 960, the fan. This is Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder on Sportsnet 960, the fan. Time machine. Everybody into the duster. Let's go. Just a 91 here? Is that what you're telling me? Black Helm's 91. Here, put these uh, put these Labatt lights into the uh, yeah. All right. Have you got license plates on this thing? No, no. All right. Well, away we go. How are we doing, everybody? We're gonna call it hour two of the show. It's uh, it's boom. It's Pinder. We are, of course, uh, brought to you by the good folks at uh, Sundry. 
God love you, Sundry. Each hole tailor-made, unique characteristics, challenge any golfer. Home of the 2022 Alberta Open Championship. Book your team at sundrygolf.com because it's the open. See, it's the open championship, right? Mm, anyone. Book it. Book. Book. Discover all the Sundry Golf Club has to offer. Two games tonight, two series get underway. We have the Battle of Florida. It's a five o'clock start. And then the Battle of um, a couple of West, uh, other teams. Hmm. The Avalanche at home to the, the St. The Louis Battle Bulls. of uh, Sod. You play for both these teams? So, Sod Bowl? Sod, yeah, Brian and Sod played mm. for both. And Scott Ryan O'Reilly. Eric Johnson Bowl. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need something catchier than that, though, don't we? No, I don't. Uh, and, and the thing is, they played last year. It was over so fast, you forgot they even played. So fast. So fast. Four games. And you go back prior to that, and it was over so fast. So the Avs have really, I mean, they've really had their number. Really had their number. Beat them in five in 2001. Beat them in four in 2021. They are heavily favored. 21 years ago, you beat them. Going, beat them uh, I'm just going over the, the historic uh, mm. meetings here. Seven consecutive playoff contests against the Blues all have been won by the Avalanche, which, yep. yes, dates back to 01. But still, the Blues are due. I don't know. Are they do a beating or are they <laughs> due to win the series? I'm, I'm I was going to say. So, I, the trend that you're going with or against? I liked them last round against Minnesota. They the, the thing they have is they have depth, as we said, eight what eight twenty goal guys. But I don't know. Colorado's got some good depth too. Just don't know what you do against Colorado right now. You better get goaltending. We'll start there. You need goaltending, and you need something to. You need a break on their side because Kemper has been very good. Maybe put your stick through his eye hole. Don't do that. Don't do that. I know what you're saying, but don't do that. Um, no, it feels like if Colorado's healthy, they're going to be prohibitive favorites in this thing. Kemper, 57 starts, a 2.54 and a 9.21, five shutouts. They had 56 regular season wins. They added at the deadline. Josh Manson comes in, Arturi Lekkinen. I mean, they're all in, as you would expect a team that's been at or near the top of the conference for the last few years to be. Uh, St. Louis? I don't know if I mean won the cup three years ago. Mm-hmm. They have a I don't know is it a dilemma or is it a privilege? And you got two goalies and both have played in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think. I guess it's a privilege depending on how they play. But generally, when you're spinning two, it's because something's gone wrong. Fortunately for them, Bennington has responded. Now Bennington played more in the regular season than I than I thought. I just it was the new year when Huso took over. Yeah, Huso thirty eight starts, Bennington thirty seven in the regular season. And for Bennington, a 3.13 and a oh, 9.01. Jeez. That's how you. Stinky diaper. That's how you start to lose starts. And then uh, Huso came in, 2.56, a 9.19. His win loss record, 25, 7, and 6. There's a half goal a game better and almost 20 points on the save percentage. That's significant. Yeah. And they had some runs. The Blues did, if you recall. They uh, we, we saw them here when they came in on the second of back-to-backs and fatigued and all of that on the road, and they got rolled up pretty good by the Flames, and then the Flames went down to St. Louis, and 
uh, they return the favor. As far as picking this series, there's I, I don't see that there's any I don't see anyone that has does has done it. I don't know how you do it. It can happen because it's the playoffs and you can get out goaltended and injuries can happen and all of this. But if 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 it just feels like if the Blues get this to five games, uh, tip the cap. I have abs in five. This is where we do our picks here. We don't need to do it here, but it, it just kind of going through, just looking at the the numbers and everything else right now. Kale McCarr, he's really, uh, and we watched Connor McDavid over the last two and a half games for the Oilers take his game to another level, which he thought wasn't possible. So here, here's Kale the- McCarr was doing that through games one through four already in the first round series against Nashville. Can they get through the second round is the question for the Avs. They've always been skilled enough. They've always been better on paper the last three years, I would argue. They won the West last year, fell in six to the Golden Knights. They were second in the West, in the bubble, fell to the Stars. They've had a better team, better regular season than the St. Louis Blues. They should get through, but they should have got through the last two second rounds. It's not a question of who's favored or better on paper, who's got the better team in the regular season. We all know that. The question is, can is this the year the group gets over the hump? And I I picked them probably in all the last two years when they fell in round two. I'll pick them again. They're going to be better than, than St. Louis on paper, but it, what happens if they fall down in this series? Are they, if, they, if they get down 1-0, or is there panic, or is this steely group? I just There's too much skill. I don't know. I, like, I'm not picking the Blues. The season series, Colorado went 2-1 and one against, uh, against the Blues. The Avs certainly rested. They've been done for... More than a week now, right? Because it, it was, was last Monday that they <laughs> wrapped things up against Nashville. Yeah. Waste eight days. Jet fuel. Abs haven't been to a conference final since 2002 when it's they lost to the Red Wings. Yeah. They won the cup the year before that. That's how long ago it was. It's interesting when you look at it. Okay, you lost to Vegas. Well, you remember Vegas, the Stars thing. I almost feel like you you want to go back. So how how did it go wrong? How did it go sideways? Was there obviously goaltending? You've you've had some pretty good goaltending over the last couple of years. It would be incredibly frustrating. We're used to the other end here. Just get in, just get in, and then maybe can you can you make some noise when you get there? If not, well, at least you made it. We're there. It's round three. Yeah, this is kind of the San Jose Shark syndrome, right? It's like okay, you're in the playoffs every year, but where's our cup? We're Washington Capitals prior to Ovi swimming in fountains. Sure, you're good. Yes, another 100-point season, but when are we getting our cup? It's interesting you bring up San Jose. I would not have... I guess we're getting into that territory. It feels like the Thornton Marlowe thing festered for a long time. I sh- I don't see... When I when I look at the Avs and their failure to get to round three, I don't, I, I don't know that I see them anywhere close to that. No, I don't but, have but any doubts if they lose this year, then they're right there. That McKinnon is a superstar, if, that McCarr is a superstar, and that that's a very good team. I, we didn't doubt that San Jose wasn't a good team, too. They just couldn't get over the hump of the playoffs. And until they do... They haven't. I'm, I'm not saying they won't. I think they will. But, yeah. but, you know, Washington was a really good team, too. It, for whatever reason, they haven't got through the second round, despite probably for three years in a row having teams that probably should have been through. Certainly the last two. The Avalanche outscored Nashville 21-9 in a four-game sweep. You almost have to take what you saw there against Nashville because it was the, the goaltending. We saw it. Fell apart. They lose their MVP candidate. 
They then have to go to their second, third stringers, and neither guy could get it done for them. So they're fresh, and, and in a way, they're untested in this playoff so far. Well, and they're probably pretty darn healthy compared to what other teams are dealing with. Yeah, That was a physical series against Minnesota that St. Louis played, and you've been off for a week, so if you have bumps and bruises, how are you feeling compared to, oh, I don't know, the Flames who played Sunday at, what, 10 p.m., and we'll be lacing them up tomorrow? Like, Chris Tanev didn't get a week between series, right? He didn't get eight days. Nathan McKinnon has 75 points in 54 playoff games. I'll say it again. 75 in 54. His 1.39 points per game average tops among active players, third all-time behind Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux. Decent company. To play at least 35 games, so... That's uh, that's not okay. You've you've had, you're in that group. That's uh, so you're putting him above Michael Stone in that hierarchy of player performers. Just same, yeah. same different. Yeah, but what, we'll see when Stone gets to 35 postseason. That's games. right. Yeah, sample size. Don't. It's not Stone's fault, right? Just give him some time. And Tarasenko has been sneaky good. He had the hat trick in was it the last game? It was game five, five or six. Wild went up 2-1 with the pair of Kaprizov power play goals in the first. Blues tie it in the second, and then it was a natural hat trick for Tarasenko in the third. They win game five, come back to St. Louis, and wrap the series. So for St. Louis, I wonder if this is the approach where it's we, we need to dull this thing down. We need to five on five this thing and don't run and gun because I don't, I don't see the Blues as being overly fast. It feels like the Avalanche are at warp speed sometimes specifically with how they get the puck out. That Taves and Makar pairing, fleet of foot, but also they move it so quickly. For the Blues, you need to choke things in the in the neutral zone. You need to slow it down. You need to, I guess, let your Nico Mikola and Perunovic and Bortuzzo and Pareko try and beat down the forwards a little bit. But it's going to be depth. That's how this gets done. Because the top-end talent, it's not close. Well, and goaltending, right? If Kemper's got what kind of track record injury-wise? Happens a lot. If you get Pavel Fransos and he's got an injury history, like Carolina nearly lost in round one as a division leader against a wild card, and they had to play the third stringer bunch. I think if you look back at those Colorado exits, there's been some significant injuries on their side not getting through round two. If, if there's a trump card to play, it's always goaltending in the playoffs. For two weeks, does your goalie or goalies want to be better than the other guys? Well, now you got a chance. Saad, Perron, O'Reilly, Shen, Barbashev, Kairu, Buchnevich, Rob Thomas, Vladimir Tarasenko. Nine twenty goal guys. And beyond that, they had three, four guys over a point per game. So it's it's spread out. That's how it's going. Colorado, not far behind them. Ranton in 36, McKinnon 32, Kadri 28, McCarr 28, Burakovsky 22, Landeskog 30, Nachushkin 25, Comfort too shy of 20. Yeah. Like the right there, sorry. It's not a huge area of edge for St. Louis. No, that's, but if you're, you got to squint to find a way or to to try and rationalize. And that's why I'm saying goal. If it's going to happen, it's got to be goaltending. Yeah. I mean, stating the obvious, but yeah. Yeah, heavy favorites, right? 
and I don't know what to expect in the other series. Florida, Tampa Bay. My gut tells me it's Florida's time. They got their scare in round one there a little bit, not to say they're going to cruise to the cup, but they were tested and found a way to dig in and get that thing back when it could have been disaster for them. I wonder about them defensively. Because Washington just it seemed like they defended them in the series and they had to, you know, fighting the final grains of sand in the hourglass every game, scrape back into contests and try to win them. Um, it wouldn't be hard to give Tampa the edge in defensive play and goaltending. Would it? Like Vasilevsky's been way better over the last five years than Bobrovsky's been. Not close. One's been a middle-of-the-pack guy. The other's been probably the best in the league for the last five years. There's a huge edge there. Which team can win one nothing? We knew Tampa could always blow out teams, but they beat the Islanders playing low-scoring games in the last two Eastern Conference Finals. It was a one nothing shutout, I believe, Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Final last year. Can Florida win that way? Now, if you want to play 6-5, I could see either team winning, but I think only one team has shown to us they can lock it down and win tight, low-scoring games. Yeah, Florida's going to want to... They're going to want to go because they've been good at that. Boy, Reinhardt, what a pickup he was. Not that you doubted it. You knew he was a good player in Buffalo, but it felt like if he could get out from under that, that he would he would explode. 78 games, he first 30-goal season at 82 points in 78 games, Not and just put him wherever. For Hagee is a real story for those guys. Has been for what going on a year and a half now. Barkov, dynamite. 39 goals, missed time, had 67 games, still almost hit 40 goals. Bennett, Duclair, Huberdeau, they add Claude Giroux. Giroux point per game guy, yeah. They add Sherrod on the back end. Ekblad is back. Montour, nice little pickup as well. But to your point, if you were to ask me, and despite the fact that Vasilevsky was shaky in round one, who who are you betting the, the farm on? Bobrovsky or Vasilevsky? Well, one guy's been far more jittery and wobbly in the playoffs than the other. Which is not that, I mean, Bobrovsky won almost single-handedly a series for the Blue Jackets prior to free agency. Which will get you about $10 million a year, apparently, if you get to the open market shortly thereafter. Yeah. yeah. Well, Panarin did well there as well, and Duchesne got his money, and then Nike went. Yeah, there's... Yeah, it happens. A few guys left there. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, I, I think if you're Florida, you want floodgates, let's go. We can our third line can outscore your third line is probably what they're thinking, and if you're Tampa, I think it, as weird as it seems to a team with Stamkos and Kucherov and maybe point back and all their other weapons, Headman, they might try to play this game in the muck and lock it down. Well, Cooper's going to have a plan. He's going to have a plan. You you saw this team how many times in the regular season? They'll know what what the Panthers are all about. I'm ready for the Panthers. I've been. I, I'm, I'm like. I'm like all the other dumb fans out there. I get tired. It's like, all right, that's enough. Lightning, you've had your run. It's great. Let's go, Panteros. Okay. I don't know how many games. We'll do our picks a little bit later. We got some balls of muck too. The Lamborghini, Radko Gudis. Now is he okay, Lamborghini? You tell me. I don't know. We'll it's like this time of year. We're we gonna get anything. Yeah, not out of. Uh, not out of Tampa, not out of Edmonton, not out of Calgary. Uh, we'll talk a, a little bit about that series. We'll obviously get into it uh, tomorrow on game day, start to figure things out. 
Uh, teams on the ice today. Oilers will arrive in town. Media, fans, everybody getting ready for this one. And it's easy when you're in the belly of it to feel like this is the only series that's going. But I feel like, in, in many ways, there's a lot of eyes on these two teams in this series. Just to see what the Battle of Alberta looks like. You've heard about it for so long. All right, well, now let's see what it's all about. And it's a very high bar because of you're already seeing the photos of Semenko and Hunter and these scraps and the penalty minutes and all of this. That's not what you're going to have here. But these two teams genuinely dislike each other, much like the Panthers and the Lightning. You don't need to wait until games two or three to get the Klingberg Kachuk stuff. Like it's going to be ready at puck drop. Where's the hate? Like we know Cassie and Kachuk have had the run in. Talbot's gone. That's who Smith fought at center ice. You know, Geo's not here. He's the guy that, you know, Oilers fans always took umbrage with the way he played McDavid. Like I, I get that these teams don't like each other. I just think it's nowhere near the nastiness of that Florida one where they played in the playoffs last year. They're fighting in the preseason. The nine five game no, kind of adds I'm, a little fuel, I think, that that was a, a wild one, but it's but they've had it hasn't that really oppor- been like fight night. But they've had that opportunity to strut that now. This is the first meeting between these two. If they met again, I, I just I don't think there's gonna be any shortage of it. I think it's going to be very much Lightning Panthers. Yeah. I don't think there's anything. Mike Smith is the former flame in net. Connor McDavid is the best player in the world. You have this you know, physical flames defense, and everybody's talked second half of the season about how rough and tumble. They'll, they'll go any way you want to go. The Oilers are going to want to stand up to that. And, yeah, Cassian, Kachuk, I think that uh, – It's a bad trade-off for Calgary. I think Evander Kane is going to need to be kept in check a little bit because he will pick his spots – as and I mean Darnell Nurse, honest guy, physical guy. I think there's plenty of reason. For, there's plenty of opportunity here for guys to dislike each other. And I, if only we had Sean Monahan and Nugent Hopkins, you know, round number yeah, two. There, there right? you go. I'm looking. I mean, at there that. you go. Nugent Hopkins and Monahan fought. So there is that. No fights in that nine-five game. The Oilers are just like, yeah, we're good. I just don't see how this isn't spectacular. I think there's bad plays, great plays, mistakes, goat horns. The crowds are going to be off the charts. That's what's where it's really the hatred is more in the, the fans than the on the ice. Parking lot being parties. When you say what you will about the red lot, that whatever they had outside the rink there in Edmonton, it was blowing up on Saturday. And yeah, nightclubs and poor red deer caught right in the middle of this thing. Gasoline alley. Careful. Jeez. Ed and Anver coming up in hour three, and your code word of the day. Dude. Coming up. Chance to win some lower bowl seats to this big game coming up tomorrow. Sportsnet 960, the fan.